High fly ball. Deep left field. New ball back. Track. Wall. See ya. A two-run home run for LeMahieu. Abreu likes it. The Yankees like it. Morton does it. It's 4-2 Courtesy Yanks. of the Yes Network right there. The New York Yankees have now won 11 straight ball games. Well, the standings there, you can't quite see it. It's my bad. The Yankees now in second place in the AL East, which is hilarious because the Rays are in first place. The Tampa Bay Rays, first place. Yankees four games back, 11 straight victories. They beat the Braves last night. The Yes Network right there, DJ LeMayhew with his home run. This is interesting to see your daily sports podcast about news, narratives, takes, and gambling. Interesting show today. We're just it's going to be a little news heavy, and uh, maybe we'll we'll do a little narrative stuff. Um, but I want to start with J.R. Smith and how cool all of this is going to be now that name, image, and likeness is whatever that it's gone. Uh, J.R. Smith, the guy that LeBron James famously got super mad at for not knowing what the score was or how basketball worked in that one game that they almost won in route to getting murdered by the Golden State Warriors. You guys all know the guy. No, he's been an excellent player. J.R. Smith has been an excellent basketball player in the NBA. He's had an awesome career. He's won, I think he's won a couple championships. I don't know or care, but um, yeah, NBA guys will know better than me. He's going to be a college athlete. Get this. He played in the NBA for 16 years. He skipped college basketball and went straight to the show, I believe. He won, yes, let's see, two championships. Um, he's going to go back to college, and he's going to walk on and use his remaining NCAA eligibility to play golf. I love that. I absolutely love that. Good for him. I don't love that he is, uh, he is theoretically taking a spot from the team from someone else. However, whatever, he's walking on. He doesn't need a scholarship, and they should certainly not... Offer him one except for maybe if he plays well enough theoretically, but it's going to be cool. It's, um, it's fun, and, and in the past, you wouldn't be able to do this because he's made too much money in real life, which shows just how stupid it is. I think that this is just a fun little story, but the, the real benefit is going to come when people who make money on the side selling T-shirts or on YouTube or whatever, they can play college sports because in the past, you know, Olympians haven't been able to choose to do that kind of stuff. So this is going to be pretty cool. All right, so we'll look into baseball. Baseball is getting fun. Two interesting stories happening in the American League. One is that the Yankees are surging. They, you know, went out in the trade deadline and got a bunch of uh, home run hitters. They're one eleven in a row. But the Orioles have lost 18 in a row. They are absolutely trash. And this is an interesting a concept and perhaps something I'll do on a podcast that my brother and I do called game theory, where we talk about, you know, decision-making and economics and strategy and games and whatnot in baseball. There's no salary cap, which means that teams can spend whatever they want, but that also means that there's no salary floor. They don't have to spend a minimum amount of money. Now the Rays and the athletics in Oakland famously, everybody has to watch Moneyball to be a person, I guess at this point in time to talk about sports in the analytics era, you it's like paying homage. You got to watch Moneyball. They don't spend any money. Oh, pardon me. Ah, thank God I have a cough button. So those those two teams don't spend any money. And they manage to essentially be very competitive all the time. They never win anything because they don't spend any money. But teams that don't have to spend any money, they don't have to win anything. And it's it's one of the best investments you can possibly make on the planet because against a payroll of, say, $40 million, you can have these TV contracts, and it's just completely irrelevant. There are a lot of teams in baseball like this. Like, it's just such a good investment. Why the hell would you care? The Yankees want to win a World Series. The Tigers under uh, the, the owner, Mike Illich, they wanted to win a World Series. The, I think it's the Henry family and Jeff Bezos in Boston, they want to win a World Series. The Cardinals want to win World Series, but the Diamondbacks, they don't. 
The Rockies, they're happy to be the country's farm system. The Mariners, same thing. And why would they? Like, why would they? There's so much money to be made. Why would you pay someone $300 million over 10 years? You could pay, you could not do that. And it doesn't matter how competitive you are. If you're sort of competitive every five or six years, it's good enough. There's so much money. The Orioles, I mean, it's a, it's a travesty in the, the union and, and management and baseball. They hate each other so much that I just, I don't know if it's going to change. Like salary floor would help everybody. All right, let's go to football. A couple interesting things. Um, we got to talk about some injuries and some COVID stuff. We'll start with injuries. AJ McCarron, the former national champion, multi-time national champion uh, quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's also with the Bills, and I think he started a playoff game with the Bengals. He was going to be, I think, the backup quarterback in Atlanta or third string, I don't know, or care. He tore his ACL. So now Josh Rosen, the former first-round draft pick, I think he was picked 10th overall, who was cut. He was first drafted by the Cardinals, then traded to the Dolphins, then cut by the Dolphins, then signed with the Bucks, then cut by the Bucks, then signed with the Niners, then cut by the Niners. And now he's going to be on a roster with the Falcons just as a journeyman. He's got to be among the biggest first-round quarterback busts in a long, long time. And you just... It's getting kind of sad. I um, have to see what happens with him. But with A.J. McCarron tearing his ACL, Josh Rosen's back in the NFL. At this point, I feel bad for him, even though he's a descendant of the Wharton family, like the Wharton School of Business, the, the billionaires. I don't know why I feel bad for him, but at this point, I kind of feel bad for him. He's, just, he's actually doing what you're supposed to do, and he's trying to play a backup role, and it is what it is. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they lose their first-round draft pick, Travis Etienne, to a Liz Frank fracture in his foot that he got during a preseason game. Uh, he's a very good college football running back. A lot of tread on those tires. This foot stuff is bad. I think this, to be very frank with you, he will not be in the league for more than five years. Liz Frank, it ruined like Amir Abdullah's career. There are a lot of people with a lot of hype and a lot like they have like put your foot in the ground and shimmy shake and catch passes. That's a bad injury. This also impacts fantasy in a huge way, which we can talk about now. Uh, James Robinson, the undrafted free agent from Jacksonville is a bit of a darling. Well, it appears as if he's going to get a bigger run now in Jacksonville, even with ETN as this, as the backup slash third stringer, he's gone now. So they'll need a body, but you know, you're going to try to run, run the ball into the ground. That helps protect Trevor Lawrence from a volume standpoint. He should, I kind of think he's going to be RB one in the national football league this year, just because volume matters. Just, it matters so much. Okay. COVID time. Let's talk about some COVID stuff. Two COVID things happened over the weekend. Number one is that Cole Beasley is a clo- close contact, which is obvious. So he's out of bills camp for a couple days. The more interesting one in the NFC East is, or NFC East, pardon me, AFC East, is Patriots projected starting quarterback Cam Newton. So the conspiracy theorists, I don't even know if it's a conspiracy theory at this point, it just seems like what's happening. So Cam Newton needed to go see a doctor for something. And so in order to do that, if you're unvaccinated, which he is, you have to have permission and you have to follow specific protocols within the NFL rules and guidelines to be allowed to do that. So apparently he did. The team says, you're fine. They signed off. They let him go. But they found out that when he was out, in some way, shape, or form, that violated the protocol, even though he and the team were on the same page. The Patriots are taking the blame, and it was they are saying that we didn't understand the protocol. We let him leave. We shouldn't have done that because it's kind of a bubble if you're unvaccinated. And he left the bubble, but he did get tested every day, and for some reason, some tests didn't qualify or whatever. The point is... <clears throat> According to a tweet that I have from, I don't know, one of the NFL, I call them PR guys because they're not real reporters, says, uh, Michael Girardi, per sources, this is a le- there is a level of frustration with the Cam Newton situation. 
One important member of the organization believes that this has, quote, opened a window of opportunity for rookie Mac Jones. The team, the Patriots, practices yesterday and today with the New York Giants before Cam Newton can return. That means that everybody's obviously saying that, well, between Cam and Mac, Cam is actually playing really well in the preseason, but so is Mac Jones. What are we going to do? Well, if he misses COVID protocol, he can't come, and then we start Mac, and Mac plays, well, we just give the starting job to Mac Jones. But Bill Belichick, also a team first, team first, team first guy, I don't see a situation where he's not going to think that this isn't, like not getting vaccinated. Getting vaccinated is helping the team out. So being unvaccinated, if your cam says, I don't care about the team as much as I care about my opinion, which is incorrect, your, your opinion is wrong, then he's going to get kicked out. He's not going to get cut, but he's going to lose his job. And I think we're going to see this multiple times throughout the year. People are going to lose their jobs over this. They're starting positions for sure. But the idea that Bill Belichick didn't know every single paragraph of a rule, BS. No chance that he didn't know the rule. Zero percent chance. Absolutely not. Okay, let's look at some gambling stuff. I want to look at week one. Week one is interesting to me because it's so random and weird. Remember Jacksonville? They beat the Colts last year. That was their lone win, and the Colts went to the playoffs. That win ended up screwing the Colts later on. They really probably needed to win that game. So it's going to happen this year. Also, lines are starting to get pretty big. The spreads are getting pretty big. That Some of them look a little college And the other interesting thing about this to me is that we saw this with, in the NBA that Giannis Antetokounmpo was a completely different player at home at the free throw line than he was on the road. Last year on the road, quarterbacks that were really good at this kind of thing, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Stafford, specifically Aaron Rodgers, they were able to draw teams off sides with a hard count on the road because there was no crowd. Even with a lot of these guys having played a ton of games, I, there's no doubt in my mind that the crowds are going to screw these guys up. It's just going to be kind of new again. So I'm really looking at that. Okay, so I have this spreadsheet pulled up from the Action Network, which is a website that tracks gambling and whatnot. You can see it right there if you're on YouTube, but the logo's in the way. Uh, I apologize about that. Should I get that logo out of there? Yeah, I'll get that logo. Bam. Okay, so this is just, you can see right there, that's the spread, and these are this, and I do not have the percentage of money or the difference or the bets or whatever. I have not paid for that service, and I don't think I'm going to, but that's what I'm looking at. So some interesting lines right now. Uh, I'm just going to track where, where money is going, the percentage of bets. Not how much money, but where the percentage of bets. The biggest disparity right now is Rams-Bears. The Rams are favored by seven points. And 82% of all bets placed, not money, but all bets placed is on the Rams. So that means that the public really likes the Rams. Smart money, I don't know where smart money is because they didn't pay for that service. But the public likes the Rams, and I do too. I think seven is low. I don't think the Bears can block anyone. I don't think their defense is good. And as far as the Sharps are concerned, Sean McVay at home, Matthew Stafford in some sort of, like, it vibes as a revenge game, you know, with the, the, the Lions and the Bears over the years, except, yes, Sean McVay now. The Bears don't know if they're going with Andy Dalton or Justin Fields or what they're going to do. I mean, that seven seems low. I think that the Rams are going to win by at least double digits. The other interesting large disparity thing for me uh, that I, I'm going to scroll up and find it here. There it is, the Panthers. I was looking at this for week one as well, and I really like it too, uh, but I like it on the other side. The Jets are five-point underdogs in week one against the Panthers. I think the Panthers are sneakily going to have the best defense in the NFL this year. That being said, I don't know how the Panthers are going to score. It's a Sam Darnold revenge game at home in Carolina. Five seems like a lot. 
It seems like a lot of garbage time. I, I, I think this game is going to be a mess, and I like the underdog in messes. The Texans are three-point underdogs against the Jaguars. 65% of bets going to the Jaguars to win by more than three. I don't know if you were watching what I was watching. I am fading the Jags. I think there's a possibility the Jags could go winless. I mean, the only chance to win a game that they have are the Houston Texans. Does not, does not look great. We'll continue to look at NFL Week 1. I'm off. After going 2-1 and one in the preseason, I might do some daily fantasy on the preseason uh, final week, but I'm off of betting on the preseason just because it's the last week and no one's going to play, and I'm not going to win or lose money based on David Blau and Ben DiNucci. Sorry about that. We'll get around to that when we need to get around to that. I'm looking at MVP odds and how they're tracking, so we'll get into that, uh, how the market is moving up and down. We'll get into that as the uh, season rolls along. And that's going to do it for this episode of Interesting to See. J.R. Smith playing some golf. I, man, let's just, let's be honest. We're all a little jealous over the weekend. Tony Finau won a golf tournament. It was rumored that he was cursed. One of the first players ever to win another PGA event after winning the Puerto Rican Open. Win the Puerto Rican Open, you'll never win again. Tony Finau, it took him 1,975 days to win again, but he finally beat the Puerto Rican Open curse. Like, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your parents, etc., etc. I'll be back and better than ever tomorrow morning.